my name is Father Eric Sundrup, and I am joined here today with John Anderson. He's a TV critic for The Wall Street Journal and contributor for The New York Times. John, welcome for joining us. Thank you for Hi, joining us. Nice, nice to be here. And Bill McGarvey, a culture columnist for American Magazine. Good to see you. And Eloise Bondio, who is a producer who I work with all the time here at uh, American like, Magazine. Why do I have to sit next to her today? <laughs> I'm not used to being on this side of the desk with Eloise. What we're doing is this is a new podcast idea for us. We've been covering what's been going on in movies and culture you know, for the entire year. And as we come close to the Oscars, we wanted to bring together a group of people that have been working at this and talk about the nominees for Best Picture at the Oscar. Talk about what's going on in those movies, pull out some of the themes that we've noticed, especially some of the Catholic angles that we've been talking about, bring that together and have a space to kind of discuss that. So we're extremely grateful for John and Bill joining us today. It's a blast to have you here. What I'll start with is actually ask everybody, what's your pick for the best film? John, we can just start with you. Well, there is my pick for best film, <laughs> and then there is going to be the Academy's Sick. pick for best film. <laughs> and they are two different films, I think. My favorite is Phantom Thread. It has been since I saw it. I just think it's a fantastic movie, which is far more complicated than most of the commentary has given it credit for being. But I have this sneaking suspicion, as I usually do with the Oscars, that they, they will pick the movie that makes them look the best. That is their MO, I think, the Academy voters. And I could give you chapter and verse on that. <laughs> but I think, personally, The Post has a much better chance than people think it, ah. it has because it's the clearest message movie in the bunch it's got people in it that they really like, Steven Spielberg, Meryl Streep, Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. and it's the anti-Trump movie in yeah. the crowd. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I have to elaborate on that in Hollywood and you know the Academy membership feeling about where things are going in the country. So it's a wild card, but I, that, that's, that's my feeling about it. It's also pro-press, which I think is well, that, yeah, yeah. very – which at the time when we actually trusted the press and people yeah, were unearthing we, the truth and we have so much – so it's become so politicized. That, well, I think that's why Spotlight won a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when um, we were discussing in the interoffice when it came out, everybody's like, you've got to go see it. This is the time to go see this film, especially we work in media and press. So, you know, it resonated a lot with everything that's going on. So the scenes from the post of the dark silhouette of Nixon in the White House and, and, and oh, shot outside related, the window. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah how that relates to Trump. (laughs) Bill, agreement there? Somewhat agreement. I'm a huge fan of Paul. I think Paul Thomas Anderson is the best director working in English language right now, personally. I love Phantom Thread. But no, I I think Shape of Water will win. I think it's my favorite movie of the year. I will say any year with Paul Thomas Anderson's films is always one in which, like I thought There Will Be Blood should have won Best Picture, hands down. I have a feeling that he might win Best Director. But I think Shape of Water is a real achievement. I think it's been a good year for films, but I don't think I've seen anything that rivaled what Moonlight did last year. Mm-hmm. It's a profound movie. I think John's point about The Post is really well taken. I hadn't thought about that at all, that the Academy might go for that, because I really thought The Post was an also-ran and simply a good, you know, It's a very decent movie. movie. Yeah. It's a very good movie. It's good. I liked it a lot. Great, just great performances in it, too. But, but what Del Toro does is really profound in the sense of he's beautiful. He's a great storyteller. He uses all the the language of film, which we have a lot of directors who do, but it becomes something else in his hands, something beautiful, really beautiful and and powerful. I love Pan's Labyrinth as well, but... um, and so I, I think Shape of Water should win and will win. But Phantom Thread is hard to ever argue against Paul Thomas Anderson. But I, I, I think it's going to be Shape of Water. Okay. The Phantom Thread is the last one that I saw. So I had saved it to the end. Oh, wow. So it was a really interesting uh, thing to see. Eloise. Well, my perception was that Phantom Thread and The Shape of Water, perhaps a little bit too strange 
to win Best Picture? And along the lines of, you know, what will make the Academy look good or what people really kind of were talking about last year was Get Out which obviously now people aren't talking about so much. But I think Get Out has a chance. I think so. Oh, it might be along that message line because this is a it's new message. It's a message that people yeah. can definitely get behind. Well, you'd think it was going to be the year of women and diversity. Although, you know, they had a good chance with Wonder Woman to nominate a movie that not only made a ton of money, which is really what they're about, <laughs> um, but was directed by a woman. So mm-hmm. I, I was kind of shocked it didn't get more attention. But Get Out, yeah, it's a fabulous movie. I saw somebody on social media that they say, well, what does it reveal to you on second viewing? I'm like, everything. <laughs> you cannot see that movie once. You have yeah. to see yeah, you it You have to go once. back and now. Because everything becomes more apparent and you see mm-hmm. how tricky he is and how devious the mm-hmm. script is and how the direction is just makes your skin crawl to a certain extent. And I know we might not have time to get to the best actor Best Actress uh, nominations, but I do think Daniel Kaluuya from Get Out, I think, is a good, very good chance for Best Actor because he was phenomenal. Although, can I jump in here? Oh, yes. Um, (laughs) Gary Oldman is uh, Mm, the sentimental Mm. favorite, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, if only because he's never won. And there's such, you know, old softies out there in Hollywood that they always want to make these Oscars into Lifetime Achievement Awards. Mm -hmm. So I think... yet I thought, I got to tell you, Darkest Hour of all the ones, at least the ones I'm remembering from the best pictures, I liked it, but I didn't really feel it rose to the level. I can see where Nolan's Dunkirk was such an epic film and, and a well done film. I like Darkest Hour, but I'm not so sure it was uh, as special. I agree, Gary Oldman's a treasure and he should be yeah, it's, it's, honored, but uh, I'm not so sure Dark, uh, Darkest Hour is one of my favorite films. It's also one of the kind of stunt performances that they yeah. seem to respond to. Yeah. You know, if somebody puts on enough makeup and plays an, a character who's enough unlike themselves. Mm-hmm. They respond to that. I was watching with a community member from the Jesuit community, and they had to remind me, he's like, you know who this is, the actor. I was like, what? Yeah, you can barely I, tell. I was like, you're yeah. kidding me. Right. I sh- should have read the credits. <laughs> oh, you didn't read the credits. Yeah. Ahead it's of actually time. Denzel Washington. <laughs> <laughs> it's Meryl what? Streep. It's Meryl Streep, for God's sake. Again? <laughs> Very Meryl busy Streep this year. as Winston Churchill. <laughs> I'd watch that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, surprising even to me, because I had a friend tell me to go see Three Billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri, and they told me it's really depressing. You're not going to like it. I left that with such a sense of hope and reconciliation, which I don't know if you everybody... You did? Yes. No, I, did. no I think you're, I think really? you're, you're right. So yeah. that's actually the one that, of all of them, that I, I was kind of rooting for. I don't think it actually stands much of a chance, but I think a lot of people see that as depressing, and I think they're misreading the film. It's, it's mired in the mess that is human life and just the, the depths that these people get them, these problems these people are getting themselves into. But there's such a gentle touch of reconciliation and hope and, and a sense of hope. Well, isn't in the it midst all about forgiveness? Yeah, the entire movie. It, that's that's of, of all, you know. If thinking. we're if we're doing the Catholic angle, I was looking at that film going. This is the one I would be showing to students or saying, "Let's talk about what real reconciliation is." Let's look at the, some of the facial expressions on some of these characters. I don't know. Yeah. I think that's overstating things. Of course thought... it is. I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my impression of uh, Three Billboards was that you know there were complicated characters, but it felt to me a lot messier a messier type of complication than a depth than a deep ah, complication yeah i really wanted more i mean i thought obviously francis mcdormand was incredible amazing but i didn't feel that the fringe characters the characters of color even peter dinklage's character i thought was really just flat and boring i think the film could have said a lot more 
I I it's might. I, race, I, I we'll think say. I'm a little bit along the lines of you. I, it's interesting when I think I read you wrote about forgiveness in your review, and I liked that because I hadn't really that angle did not come up to me. Look as much as it did for you. Sam Rockwell is obviously a treasured you know character actor, so hopefully he'll get something. Francis McDormand's already been been feted. You know, I think Martin McDonough is the second best filmmaker in his family. His brother. His, oh, I, that's really the mean. guard. No, the guard is that what you're? Talking? No, Calvary. <laughs> oh, Calvary was Calvary's yeah. genius movie. One of my favorite movies. McDonough's a great filmmaker. In Bruges is a great film. What was Seven Psychopaths? Was that him as well? Yes, I, I think, think it was so. Martin McDonough. Yeah. Martin McDonough. Yeah, and I'm really completely kidding. He's a great filmmaker. I would argue that. Yeah, I, I have to admit, I I don't see the forgiveness angle as strongly. And a lot of these movies I've seen a couple times, but part of me felt as though. It was a lot of quirks dumped into a bucket a little bit and, oh, look at this freak show a little bit, which is a completely valid form. And I think he's got a very strong voice. I just didn't I didn't pick up in the same ways, but I, I should see it again. But no, the forgiveness angle did not hit me as strongly as it did. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I think Eric was on to what I saw in that film was that it is messy and nobody knows how to deal with their own anger and their own grieving. And in the end, you know, they're going to drive off, I, I, not to spoil anything, but, but to lead spoil everything. Are, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whenever anyone says, I don't want to spoil, spoil anything, anything, but spoil. yeah, they're about to spoil it. But the two lead characters are heading off with enough of a gap in time before they get where they're going for all kinds of things to happen, including them to reconcile themselves to the idea that maybe they shouldn't happen at all. Mm-hmm. So if you know what I mean. Yeah. But that's so. more of a glimmer than a... You know, what do you want to well, do? I don't know where, where else you would take it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where else you. What else you would conclude? Are they going to? Well, and okay, I really would spoil. Not <laughs> <laughs> to give away an ending. No, I think but that's absolutely a, worth seeing. I should say. I mean, absolutely worth. Seeing. Well, I'm, I'm starting movie. to hear. I need to rewatch some of these after hearing what different people are saying. Did you catch this part? Did you miss this part? You got to rewatch well, some of these. There's I'm so interested much to see what John Phantom Thread. To me, P.T. Anderson is this brilliant filmmaker who's able to make incredibly complicated movies. He seems obsessed with relationships with very strong mentor relationships, very distorted relationships. The master comes to mind. Certainly there will be blood. I mean, to me, Phantom Thread is as much about fashion as there will be blood is about oil, which is really it's not about right. it at all. Right. Or the master is really about Scientology. It's really not. Martin Scorsese has a great line that a filmmaker's job is to make his audience care about his obsessions. And if there's anybody that does that better than Paul Thomas Anderson now, I mean, he's obsessed with some very strange or different topics. So I'd love to hear more about why you love Phantom Thread so much. Well, my reading on Phantom Thread, and it's in America Magazine. www.americamagazine.org. It's a nice segue there. Is that it's really not just about, you know, an older fashion designer and a younger apparently refugee woman who comes into his life, but it's really about one personality and the different aspects of it. I think Daniel Day-Lewis is playing this sort of artist who can't get in touch with the most important part of his psyche. And that's represented by Alma, who's his, his lover, but his sister is sort of the other part of it. And then there's the mother issue, which people seem to be overlooking entirely, which mm. which actually governs everything that happens in the film. Because until he's rendered completely helpless and can be mothered again, mm-hmm. nothing gets resolved. And it's maybe well, not every, what everyone's looking for in a relationship, but it's, right. but it's what I he's looking for. resolution is a strong word here. <laughs> yeah, Might but, get put on the back burner for a while. Well, the story, that's yeah. how the story gets resolved. Anyway. Yeah. And it's also beautiful to look at. And I'm not immune to gorgeousness on screen 
or the sort of tactile attraction of people doing things like sewing or mm-hmm. fabric or the way fabric hangs on a you know this the aesthetic qualities of the film it caught me at some point during the movie when I started noticing I was hearing like fingers running across fabric <laughs> and movement the sound was the sound amazing. amazing and I, it dawned on me it's like oh they're drawing my attention to this which I would not have thought of before like how well, there's, there's the scene where she's eating breakfast with him, and he's <laughs> oh yeah, and he's annoyed by every and it's a horse everyone of horses. <laughs> everyone has been in that situation mm-hmm. where like everything's on your last nerve, mm-hmm. including right. the clink of a fork onto a and saucer. Makes you like bites, and he just bites slow enough. And to... it's this big puffy Danish, and it sounds like <laughs> a bag of popcorn at the movie theater. Be the person behind you, you know? <laughs> yeah. so yeah, yeah. The tactile, tactile to me is a great word for. So something about his filmmaking that just you're right those nuances those feels those from I have your milkshake to, you know destroy <laughs> just the, <laughs> his writing right. I mean I just don't know anybody better than him I really do you don't. have lapsang a, a pot of lapsang <laughs> yeah. lapsang yeah I had yeah. to look that up I was and just, some bacon and some bacon Welsh yeah. rabbits and some scones oh, Welsh, and rabbit. Welsh rabbits well within. hunger is a big theme in the movie yeah, in the yeah. movie in desire um, but I do think it would be a lot harder to pay attention to those themes that he's trying to get at if those aesthetic elements were not done well. And there would be, it's very easy not to do, you know, this fashion designer and these clothes could have been presented to us kind of poorly or strangely or kind of in a wonky, nostalgic way, but all the details were very impressive. And it doesn't, Leslie Manville makes it work. She's amazing. amazing. I love her in Mike, she's in a lot of Mike Lee movies. Yeah. And I love Mike Lee, but she's great. She's great. Another Year was one that she was Right. Yeah, no, she's great. And I agree, if Dan Lee-Lewis truly is being honest about quitting acting, it's a real loss for us for everyone, but it opens up the field for a lot of other guys. I guess you're right. True, <laughs> aren't going to get those awards. That's true. He keeps taking. He's amazing. I'm in the New York Film Critics Circle, and I think we've given him the Best Actor award like five times. Really? Yeah. Well, well so it's embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, he didn't he's get that it this good. year. So we've mentioned a number. So we've mentioned The Darkest Hour. We've mentioned Get Out. We've mentioned Phantom Thread, The Post, Shape of Water, Three Billboards Outside of Missouri. Wow. The three we haven't mentioned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dun- well, Dunkirk got mentioned in passing mm-hmm. in connection to Darkest Hour, Lady Bird, mm-hmm. and Call Me By Your Name. Those have not come up in any of our discussions. <laughs> well, lo- that Lady Bird would be my pick. Oh, would it? For best that's picture? my favorite. I just yeah, love it. It's favorite. such yeah. a triumph. Um, it's a beautiful movie. Yeah. It's a beautiful movie. It's beautifully acted. I mean, it's a period piece too because it's two- yeah. set in 2002 and that, all those right. details are really well executed. I don't know how they got those clothes so right. (laughs) Well, the music, I just loved it. A personal pick resonates with me as well because what they did is they mashed together a LaSallian high school and a Jesuit high school in the way that they were talking about it. So there was even a prayer at one point in there where they said... St. Ignatius, pray for us, live Jesus in our hearts forever, which is basically mixing up the way Jesuits would end a prayer and the way the Christian brothers oh, really? would end a prayer. And I went to a Christian brothers high school and I'm a Jesuit. So I was like, I ah, love this. This, this is, is the perfect awesome. combination. Uh-huh, uh-huh, That's uh-huh. great. Yeah. I, I loved it. What I loved as well is after it was with a, a friend of mine and his daughters who were high school or teenage teenagers. And first of all, I'm not sure I've seen a better film about mothers and daughters in a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a really well done. And then Tracy Letts is amazing as the father. Mm. But the fact is, Lady Bird is a pill. You know what I mean? She really oh. is the deal. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's the hero, but she's a real pill. Yeah. Okay. And sometimes you're like, you know, mom's right here, I think. But you love her anyway. And I, from my perspective, I don't often see arrogant young girls on screen who aren't kind of vapid, vain. Yeah. 
young oh. women. And I think it was really nice to see She's great. this kind of arrogant, bold, courageous, yeah. r- you know, wrong and sometimes <laughs> cruel teenager on screen. I thought it's a shame that we don't have more kind of different. It's a great coming of age movie. It also is a very kind movie to priests and nuns. Yes. Who are often caricatured. Yes. And I think Lois Smith is, plays the Indeed. sister, and mm-hmm. she's great, and she's understanding, and she's yeah. smart. Oh, her line. And she's uh, We savvy. laughed all the way home or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Married to Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> well, the difference between attention and love, and she's like, well, how- Smith they uh, reference. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, the, ooh. Well, that is a great line in the movie. Yep. What's the difference between paying attention, attention and loving? Yep. yep. That was, I mean, one thing is funny. From a friend of mine, the thing about- I think you're right. John's right about that it shows one priest who's clearly been married, and maybe his wife died, and now he- the African-American actor is in everything. He's great. And he's dealing with depression. And then the other priest is the football coach oh. walking in. So it's like, but the, the, the fact that nuns are, I mean, I felt like, and, and a bunch of Catholics have said to me, he's like, nuns don't look like that. And I guess I'm, I'm coming around to the fact that I think filmmakers, producers have to say, look, it has to read none from the very first frame. So that's why they dress them like this. Because uh-huh. we don't really know a lot of nuns that dress we, that way we, anymore. We actually had a pretty kind of intense discussion in my own community because a lot of the uh, guys in my Jesuit community didn't like the way that the priests and nuns were portrayed. They oh. felt, they felt it, it was a little unfair, like it was caricature of it. And I end up a little more on Bill's side. Of, like yeah. I understand what they're trying to do in the film because you got to kind of get that together yeah. in the setup there. And I think at the end of the day, those characters, the priests and nuns, were not the protagonists. Right. And there's only so much time you can spend with them. And I think for considering... Can, can I that, say that to you about three billboards? <laughs> Is that fair? <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, but I think you can, you can say that... You can see that a lot of effort was put in to not making them two-dimensional characters. And I think that okay. is... We should appreciate that. But also, I didn't mention earlier that Greta Goeg actually said that when she was creating the character of Lady Bird, that arrogant character, that she was thinking about what the saints might be like before yeah. they became saints, before yeah. that gr- they had that experience of grace, which I think is oh, that's, a nice... That's uh, a really good way, because, yeah, I, 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 we do it in Catholicism all the time. You think of the saints as the kind of the polished at the end, and I always imagine, like, every saint I've ever really read about, I would hate to live with. Right. Like, I just wouldn't want to live with. It would be impossible. And to I think what we're reacting to is the truth is the Catholic Church is not a negative influence in this film at all. In fact, it's actually a place of love and a place of growth. It it gave the space for these students and the scholarships and you see everything that's going on there. I mean, the guy's school didn't come across terrifyingly well. I didn't think very highly of the the products (laughs) of that school. (laughs) But Timothy Chalamet came out on that and he he really exploded onto the screen. Were there like three or four adolescent actors in all the films? Yes, it was Kayla Landry Jones was in... Get Out and, and Three Billboards. billboards. Yeah. Lucas Hedges was in Three Billboards and Lady Bird. And Timothy Chalamet was in Lady Bird and Call Me. And Lucas name. Hedges was in Manchester by the Sea last year. Last year. Yeah. That's uh, right. So yes. He's, yes. You know, he's, he was great. He's all over the place. Great. Yeah, I'm going to use that saint story when I go home today. I'm just a saint I'm in, just, the making. in the making. In the making. Honey. Whatever I do. Just, you know. Well, what did you guys think of um, Call Me By Your Name? Because Chalamet, it was a very different Mm. take. It's a different, It's it's a well done movie, but I'm interested to hear what John thought about it. I just found that tonally it was perfect. It just knew what it was doing from the moment it started. You don't have to like the story. You don't have to like the characters. But as cinema, Mm -hmm. it's just delicious. And, And the timing... Of everything and the music and, of course, Michael Stuhlbarg's soliloquy at the end is just so moving. Really moving. And they're not the most profound characters in the world, but the film is elevating in its ability to be cinema. 
Yeah, it's a beautiful fantasy of being in the French countryside. Yeah, well, yeah, it really Wait, is beautiful. It was yeah. just—it was beautiful the whole time. I was just watching this going, and then I, I was swept into it, and then leaving, like no one can live like that. that like that's, <laughs> that's why it like, was a summer. I know that's why like, they're professors, like, and they live grief. like this with you yes. know, it's like <laughs> crazy. But I mean, nobody's talking about the elephant in the room being he's seventeen and. The Army Hammer characters playing twenty six, which is like really, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which plane are we on? But I mean, but regardless, the notion, especially in the in, the, in light of the Me Too movement, especially in light of what we've heard about certain actors out there, in that sense, it certainly challenges you a little bit. I think. I think it's a beautifully done. I think. I don't right think it's unrealistic. Is, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think in terms of human experience, it's that unrealistic a setup. Uh, Unrealistic. Uh, un, oh, un, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not implausible that no. this would happen. Of course not. Right. No, no. Yeah. I just don't think we're talking about how that happens <laughs> a lot. And I think that's interesting. Well, um, and, and you and you watch an American audience versus a non-American audience in the reaction because, and rightfully so, we have very, you know, I've worked in high schools. I entered the Jesuits during the sex abuse crisis. Right. I understand all these, you know, right. if I was in charge of that graduate student, I heard about that he'd be fired or like automatically. Like that's just, you know, now they're setting it up for the 80s in a different country, different culture. But I mean, there's some really, there's some problematic aspects that have to be talk, talked about as well. Is like, you know, what the, should that 25-year-old be doing? Is that appropriate in that setup? There's, yeah. there's well, questions. Well, then there's that, the parents' role as well. Which would <laughs> very kind enabling. of send them off into um, the, right. Italy. You're in the well, parents' hall of fame. It's, <laughs> well, it's in my mind. It's no parent is like this. Any, yeah, that any parent would encourage any type of romantic relationship, That, to my mind. Michael's just, like, just I'll ignore a, a, it. Of any I'll kind. Right. Well, yeah, right. like you do, do whatever you're doing. I'm not going to send British, you You're British, Eloise. Off. I'm sorry. <laughs> we don't kiss until we're 60. <laughs> when, you're, when you're 30 and allowed to date, we'll talk about it. And, and at the very same time people are asking those questions about the relationship, you've got that speech by Michael Zedalberg oh, who plays... Yeah, yeah. yeah. So same, pronounce that for me. Stuhlbarg? Stuhlbarg, who plays the father. And I have heard that quoted... So many times I have so many friends like, why did my parents not say that oh, at the right moment? Like, yeah. and there's lines from it. I'm catching myself paying close attention. They, they know in the office after I saw that movie for like a week, you could mention songs or something for the movie. And I just tear up a bit. That's too much. <laughs> right. But yeah, that Stevens the, they would there. play oh, yeah. Stevens to watch me tear up in the office. <laughs> but there's a line in there about don't snuff out the pain. Yeah. When you experience love or heartbreak or anything, don't just try to not feel it anymore. Mm-hmm. And then the, the way he handles that moment with the son is, I mean, that's... That's amazing. interesting. Has the gay community or gay press written a lot about coming out moments like that? That's a... Because I guess that's... I've that's, seen... I've seen... Do you a, num- a coming out moment, though? Well, the, when the father's talking to his son about... I thought that was a... That's why he's in the Parents Hall of Fame. It was actually astonishing to hear a parent talk about his son that in a way that was... Anyway, I just I I'd never seen anything on film like that. I think it's wonderful. I've I seen think- two reactions, super positive, and then I've also seen um, a, a real kind of. We need to analyze why we think that the trope of the seventeen-year-old coming out and having his first sexual experience with a twenty-five-year-old is a normal thing. And and I think that you know they're, they're having a, it's an important discussion to, yes. be, to be had. I mean, you kind of look at that movie and you're like, anyone who's ever been in like first love or lust, the line that came to me, which is, it was a line top to me by I Jesuit when I was in high school, was puppy love is real for the puppy. <laughs> <laughs> he was, yeah. he, and he, it sounds cute, but he meant it very seriously. Like you have to be able to walk with someone who's, that's their whole life experience. And how do you walk them through the pain? I mean, the final scene in that movie, right, that's, uh, yeah. 
stunning piece of yeah. acting and what's going on there. Yeah. And, and, it's, and they captured 1983 very well. I was only two. I've heard it was wonderful. <laughs> I was only three. But, um, but <laughs> I don't think I was born yet. <laughs> but the Converse sneakers kept, because I had those uh, sneakers uh, when I was a kid. That was Dr. J, the Army Hammer War. It was great. So we've kind of pulled all these different movies together. We talked about Dunkirk or no? Well, we have not talked about Dunkirk. Thank you. Dunkirk, to me, show, you know, pointed up something about Christopher Nolan that I've thought for a long time is that he's not really a narrative filmmaker. Mm. He's a visual artist who found a great uh, canvas to work on. But, you know, I, I, I always think back to like Dark Knight, mm. and which was... Uh, probably exactly 45 minutes too long and not one movie. It was a story and a half (laughs) and he doesn't seem to know where to stop and where, you know, an actual story begins and ends. Mm -hmm. But visually, it's astounding, Mm -hmm. which is maybe why it, I don't, I mean, I don't think it has a prayer to to win, but except in the the technical category. But it's amazing to look at. You don't need any sound. You don't need any acting. You just, everything's... Uh, mm-hmm. What do you think about this? I, my take on Nolan, who I think is a really good filmmaker, and maybe the contrast with the P.T. Anderson is, Christopher Nolan, and Inception was the one that sort of manifested itself for me the most. I think he sometimes mistakes... Elvis Costello as a songwriter, I think, would do this too. <laughs> he mistakes complexity for depth. And mm. so there is a complexity... And I had to see Dunkirk twice to get the timeline thing a little better. I think Tom Hardy's one of the great actors. Maybe he'll be taking all over all these roles. He's great. It's like the third or fourth time we're basically saying, see all of the movies again. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Well, Dunkirk's, yeah, I, I saw it at least twice, I think. And I think he's great. I think Nolan probably emotionally doesn't hit me as hard as, as P.T. Anderson by a long shot, but his movies are complex. I'm not so sure that always means they're deep or they're, there's, there's the emotional resonance. But it's worth seeing, mm-hmm. especially on a big screen. Yeah. But I think he's like David Lynch. I think he wants to, I mean, he's not like David Lynch, but right. it, the two of them are not so interested in storytelling as they are in the possibilities of film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think Dunkirk's a pretty good example of that. Mm. So is Mulholland Drive, I think. But that's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, now we're a few great, years. Great movies. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, f- religious themes, themes of redemption, themes of reconciliation, which films are pulling these out strongest for people? I would think Lady Bird oh, and Three on, Billboards yeah. and uh, um, the, the, the movies about forgiveness, mm-hmm. that, that I see as being about forgiveness and redemption. I mean, Lady Bird, she and her mother are kind of a, yeah. a great example of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with that. But I, I, honestly, I wrote about this for America that um, there's a line uh, from Lonergan, startling strangeness. And Guillermo del Toro's movies, especially Pan's Labyrinth and this one, Shape of Water, have that. There's this... It's from this world, but you don't recognize it completely. And, and so how beautiful. does that work? What does that do? Startling Strangers for Lonergan was essentially that moment in which we, true conversion happens where we are seeing reality on a far deeper level and the connectedness of reality and the depth of meaning infused in these lives we live, which great artists do. And I think Del Toro's world, as I said in my review, is, is soaked in startling strangeness. And yet it's all very familiar. It's 1963. Pardon me, it's Baltimore. It's it's great, and yet it's a monster movie, but it's not. So there's something about it that I just loved. And, and Pan's Labyrinth was that way for me as well. That's been I know one you of my, that movie. That's right? been one of my top ten films yeah, since I saw it. He's a special filmmaker. Yeah. Uh, also, can I just add something about yeah. Shape of Water? It has the best supporting cast oh my God. of any movie I've seen in years. I mean, Richard Jenkins is brilliant. Oh, 
And Stuhlbarg is brilliant again. And okay, Michael Shannon is like, he's you know, amazing. He's all right. He's chewing the scenery, but he's, you know, he's oh, fantastic. But, but you're supposed to in that, I think. And I who would, else is in it? I already, you know, I mean, Sally Octavia Hawkins. Spencer, is, right, Octavia Spencer. Octavia Spencer. I mean, so it's a, I say. showing a, what a racist a murderer, misogynist I am by <laughs> her out. It's a murderer's row of character, the best character actors. I mean, Sally Hawkins doesn't say a word. And it's just a profound performance. I, I loved the clearly I loved it. The visual if it doesn't win production design, I don't know what would. I mean, it's beautiful, it's very different. But that that would be startling. So I just I loved it. But a lot of people I have my brother in law saw it and he goes, I'm glad you gave me a review because I, I didn't I would have walked out because it was very different. It's the interspecial dating thing. Yeah. <laughs> People object to, you know. <laughs> so we have trouble with the 17 year or the 25 year. We have trouble with interspecies <laughs> dating. Right. This is the Catholic yeah, yeah. angle. Wait, but their age was, they were age appropriate. They were age appropriate. Okay. Oh, gosh. Oh, dear. No, well, that fish was. Oh, dear. <laughs> well, it was, they should have carded them. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> they were doing everything else to them. Um, I'm struck with that. strange because when I walked out of that movie, I turned to the Jesuit that I was with and I said, I feel more human. Mm-hmm. having seen that movie and it was seeing the strange you know and the the director does such an amazing job of pulling you into that scenery and, yeah. and, the, and the colors the color palette of the movie that yeah. gets you into the, the depth of the water the, green. the, the greens the, like the mucky green and that strangeness reminds you of who yeah. you are and it, it provides yeah. a counterpoint I think it's each one of those characters had a little movie under themselves think about it the Richard Jenkins character has this whole other storyline and it's just really really beautiful and it's funny you think he chewed up the scenery but I think that guy is so. That was so. He's, I mean, no, he's great. But he, but he, you know, he, if he had a mustache, he'd be twirling it. Elise, <laughs> <laughs> you've been covering all a lot of culture and all that setup. Which which of these movies, from like a Catholic religious angle, I mean, draws come on, Ladybird. <laughs> I mean, it's clearly the most Catholic. I've not heard a Catholic who didn't like Ladybird. I will say that. I, yeah. Well, also, you know, it's not super in fashion to kind of saturate your film with, you know, Catholic yeah. with nuns and priests and and you know, Catholic. We're talking about putting some uniforms. otherness for the rest of the world. You know? um, <laughs> so it was unexpected for me, and I remember seeing the trailer and thinking, "Oh gosh, is it just going to be one of those cinematic motifs that's kind of a bit dull and flat?" But I don't think Greta Gerwig did that, and I think it is a truly original movie, even if it doesn't go into sci-fi territory or Mm -hmm. you know it's has there's a joke practically every line and i think what you said about shape of water bill about every character having their own kind of Mm -hmm. story every character in ladybird has practically their own opera going on and in a film that is such a joy to watch i think that's pretty high achievement Mm. i think the story of the year the biggest story of the year jordan peele to do what he did to get out Oh, yeah. was extraordinary. Greta Gerwig was extraordinary, but I think for him to do Get Out, coming from where he came from, I had just it was completely Well, I also, unexpected. I don't know if you felt this way, but when I saw it, I thought, oh, I can't believe this has not, it took till now to make this beautiful kind of classic movie that will Great. endure forever. I, get, I out, get Out, Jimmy. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's amazing. I, how, I, I wasn't sure if you were talking about Lady Bird again. Yeah. Oh, no. How talent, I, I am very passionate about Lady Bird. Yeah. But mm-hmm. So the talent laying out. behind Key and Peele, I mean, obviously they're both very talented, but oh my gosh, somebody gets a chance and they can make this? Mm. Wow. One of my favorite things about Get Out was obviously the ending. Yeah. yeah. But the fact that he managed to have it both ways without having it both ways, because the ending that's not there is in your head. Right. Mm, right. That's true. You know? On the tarmac. And, and apparently on the DVD extras, there is the, the excised oh, version the, oh. of the, the ending that wow. would have been 
the bad ending. Right. Right, that you kind of are expecting. The one to you're happen. expecting. Yes. Really? Yeah. Did and he test it? Or is that where he just made a decision, do you think? Or? I, you know, I don't know. I, I had a conversation with him and, oh, really? and I said, you've got the double ending without having the double ending. He goes, yeah, we shot the other ending, but we decided that by using the ending that you have, they've actually got both endings. Yeah. That, because in the audience, true. until the big reveal happens, you're thinking it's not going to happen and it's going right. to be the worst possible scenario. Wow. Well, because it is the worst possible scenario for about three quarters of the movie. movie. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) right. All right, so I'm going to do two things. If we're selecting a film out of these of these Best Picture nominees from a sort of transcendent religious Uh aspect, which one are we selecting? And then after that, I want to hear if anybody's opinion has been swayed in this conversation (laughs) and is willing to throw their support in for a different movie. I love what John said about, and you said, Eric, about forgiveness. It doesn't sway me completely. I still think Shape of Water. Again, I thought like, Moonlight to me was one of the great films of the past 10 years. So uh, to me, this year has been a good year, but not that that was a real profound statement movie, I thought. But I think the forgiveness angles you guys mentioned on both on those films is beautiful. And I hadn't seen that. So I don't know if it swayed my opinion completely to, to change my opinion, but it certainly gave a different added resonance that I hadn't seen before. So there's a chance if I keep talking to you after keep the podcast. Talking, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to change my mind. <laughs> He's mid-conversion. Darkest Hour is the best movie of the year. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good movie, man. Yeah. With three billboards, I think Lady Bird is, has the same elements, mm-hmm. but the the stakes, the, the, the narrative stakes are so high in three billboards that perhaps those messages are more resonant because there, there's such a level of anger and resentment and vengeance-seeking that the fact that you can never come back from that seems impossible at the beginning of the film and at the end it doesn't seem so impossible. Mm. See, I would disagree. Uh-huh. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> because the stakes may not be so high, but I think the arc is more vast. I, d- I don't quite, in Ladybird, I don't quite agree that we get all the way to forgiveness. We only get to the possibility, whereas I think we kind of get there in Ladybird. You think we get to full forgiveness or not just to the possibility? I'm, I'm just thinking of the final scene, which I'm not going to mention so I don't spoil something. Right. The aliens come down. <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's right. Oh, I said it. Damn it. The Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor. <laughs> I, I just found the characters a little, to have more depth in Lady Bird. But even though there was a higher drama in mm-hmm. Three Billboards. Yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine because I'm back and forth on Lady Bird and Three Billboards. But and this might actually be because I'm a priest and I hear confessions. Mm. There was something about the characters in Three Billboards that I recognized. And I'd seen people in these like unfinished states of conversion and not even willing to acknowledge or notice some of it. And so while we can critique the film for some of those those characters, I'm reading into that like this is what people are like as well. So there's a part of me that just, of all the, you know, I, I left Call Me By Your Name weeping uncontrollably and like, mm. I can't see that for another like three years. I can't mm. handle that. <laughs> and then I saw three billboards and it's like, I have... I'm having a really good day. Like there's, there's a lot of hope and possibility wow. in this messed up world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's where that, that went with that. But I do got to give props for Lady Bird. When you mix LaSallean tradition and Ignatian tradition, and like I'm, I'm I've compli- never heard that angle. I'm sure. completely I think they use that in the print ad. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Look, in a world where Jesuit tradition and LaSallean tradition. <laughs> okay, so Bill was almost swayed here. Anybody else? No, I, just was de- I was deepened. I don't know if I was swayed. Yeah. It was good. <laughs> I think I'm staying with three three billboards. I don't I don't think it's going to win. But you mean as the most? Yeah, um, yeah. I know I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. And uh, Eloise is staring at me over here. She's she's holding her guns for Lady Bird. Let's final votes on what's actually going to win uh, at the Academy Awards. What's actually going to win? Shape of Water is the 
is the favorite, right? The favorite at this point. And, yet, and John, I, you think Post could come out of nowhere. Well, not, not out of nowhere. You know, there are these... You're judging human behavior now. You're going... <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I always... T- with the Oscars, the, the Oscars breed cynicism and anyone who's <laughs> observed them for any length of time. And I, it just seems to be, you know, it's like the year that Crash beat oh. Brokeback Mountain. Right. Mm. Brokeback Mountain had won every award it was possibly eligible for until the last award was given on Oscar night and it went to crash. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it was homophobia. I think it was the themes of the film and the fact that everyone else had given the award to Brokeback Mountain and they weren't going to be swayed. Uh, They didn't want to look like they were following the pack. So they went with crash, which was about, you know, intolerance and LA, two things that go hand in hand down the... Right. But Crash had a similar critique as Three Billboards for not taking race seriously. Well, Crash is a terrible movie. It's not a, a great movie, yeah. Thank you. But I'm just <laughs> saying that, that the same... No, cr- Crash is among the, among the handful of the worst best pictures. So, it's you not know. a great movie. But honestly, the thing that would sway me the most is John's insight on The Post, that there might be a moment... There's a bit of a Me Too moment, the fact that Meryl Streep is this uh, woman who's the exec, top exec, and, and, and that it is a very poignant moment about American media and about truth-telling. So that could maybe get... But I still think Shape of Water will and win. And about feminism. I mean, it's yeah, a absolutely. very feminist very film. Her performance is really deep, and I don't think it's gotten the attention it should. I want to thank everybody for being here, for spending the time seeing all these wonderful films. Well, that's not a problem. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> well, I was speaking to my parents. I can I, do that at home. <laughs> exactly. I was telling them, I got to spend the whole weekend watching a lot of films. She goes, I don't understand your job. <laughs> I don't know what you do. Didn't you go to seminary? <laughs> yeah. This is not what we raised you for. <laughs> but we've got a number of reviews on these films. We've been covering this stuff. So you can come to americamagazine.org and check out. We've covered a number of these films. John does a lot of reviews for us. Bill also does. We've got some great John's comments. top nine is a great, great oversight of just a, and the Ex yeah. Libris movie we didn't, documentary we didn't get to. So there's a lot of his, his top nine films of the year is, is some really great films that I hadn't seen either, to be honest. And American Media's got a lot of coverage of the trends that are going on in films and movies and trying to pull out what that means about our culture and what we're talking about. And we're trying to do much more of that. So I want to just thank everyone for being here, for discussing this, for spending the time with us. It's a pleasure to have everyone. Thanks for having us. It was great. Thank you very much. All right. On behalf of American Media, I'm Father Eric Sundrup. I want to thank John Anderson, Bill McGarvey, and Eloise Bondio for spending the time with us. We hope you've enjoyed this and come back to our website for more coverage of all that is going on in faith, news, and culture. It's americamagazine.org. Thanks so much. Mm-hmm.